Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. This is Matt Taylor here with the um, two early Oscar podcasts, our non- nomination minisodes, uh, which are basically like hour long. So I don't know how many they are, but it's fine. Um, this episode will certainly certainly not be um, a mini episode because we're talking about the actress race. And I'm joined, as always, with my fellow actress aficionado, uh, film editor of the popbreak.com, Marissa Carpico. Say hi, Marissa. Hello. And, uh, yeah, you know, where we are, there is a very loud car in the background. Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's, you know, the the Fast and Furious over there. Um, yeah. Vin Diesel wanted to stop it. Um, okay. Uh, we're here to talk about the actress and supporting actress categories, our favorite categories, made even, even more interesting by the fact that there's, like, not really a frontrunner in either category, you know, um... Like, there's certainly, uh, you know, people who I think have a very clear shot at winning, but I don't think it's, I, I, I think it's anyone's game still. Um, so let's just um, dive right into it. Uh, you know, the nominees for Best Supporting Actress, Maria B- um, Bakalova from Borat's Secret Movie Film, uh, <laughs> Glenn Close for Hillary Elegy, um, her iconic performance as Mama, the neutral Terminator. Um, Olivia Coleman from The Father, Amanda Seyfried um, from Mank, and Young Yoon Jung from uh, Minare. Uh, let's start with um, let's start with Glenn. I think we, we need to talk we need to talk about Glenn. Yeah, um, we gotta we gotta address the neutral 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 Terminator in the room. Exactly. What, what what are your thoughts on our neutral Terminator? Or I guess she might be the good Terminator in the film. I don't know. The me- the metaphor is messy. But <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, the most embarrassing performance of her career, honestly. Well, you know, I haven't seen Albert Nobbs in a while. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, thank God she's probably not the front runner anymore, because this. Is would just be so embarrassing to be her her final be oh god it would be it would be such a, a black mark on her career it would be you know I think the the go to joke is always you know uh, but the Butterfield Eight win for uh, Liz Taylor but this would be the new like yeah, joke of like can you believe they gave. Glenn Close, who was given good performance after good performance, an Oscar for the neutral Terminator role, where she's in a bad fat suit and a big T-shirt. I mean, just awful. Um, you know, I, I I don't I'm not usually rooting for Glenn Close's downfall, but in this case, I am. I can't I can't I can't imagine a world where I I just can't even acknowledge the idea that she could win. Absolutely, it's you know, um, I think I said this in our Golden Globes episode or maybe um i don't know the nominations reaction but regardless it's like if i were glenn i would be actively campaigning for any of the other women like do something to throw attention their way because it's like why would you want this to be the film you win an oscar for like especially when 
there is momentum around you no matter what you do. Yes. So it's like the fact that momentum was drummed up for The Wife, a movie that came out like two years after its TIFF premiere and like wasn't even particularly well liked, but at least she's good in it. Like it's yeah. like like she got so close to winning for that. So close that she dressed as an Oscar. Oh to go. God, it was I just think about that every day. It's like, you know, she can drum drum up such excitement so easily. Mm. Why why go? Like why want why win for this? It's like it'd be so sad. Like it's yeah. like because once she wins it's going to be impossible for her to drum up the same excitement no, no yeah. matter what she does. Yes, yes. And it's like, like, do something, anything other than this movie. Because literally, it's, at this point, this is so low. Where, like, unless she does something somehow more offensive, which I don't think she will. Like, it's like, like, I can't imagine there being a worse nomination. And I just, I can't wait for us to never have to even think about a Hillbilly LG again. I feel that for... The people starring in our um, the what, whoever takes over our podcast mantle and does an Oscar retrospective for 2020 when they have to rewatch um, *Hillbilly LG*. I feel bad for them, but I hope no one else watches it in between. Yeah. There, it's like we should all forget about it. I think. Yeah, it be- best forgotten as soon as possible. Uh, that's the way Amy Adams wanted it, and she got her wish. But poor Glenn is caught in this nightmare. You know, the the monkey's paw <laughs> situation. <laughs> Amy just ran away to her window. She's going to mm-hmm. chill there until the woman at the window arrives on Netflix in May and life is restored. Um, yeah. Let's let's jump over to our um, to, to Glenn Close's enemy, Olivia Coleman, <laughs> nominated again for The Father. Um, she's wonderful. In this. It's um, it's a it's a small performance. It's, um, you know, like she's essentially splitting her role with. Olivia Williams without getting too into the weeds about the film about what that means it's like they're both playing different versions I guess you could say of um the daughter in the story the um because the film is from the point of view of someone with dementia he is blurring different realities I guess you could say and um Coleman definitely has more to do of the two of them so it makes sense that um she got the nomination and she's she's phenomenal it's like there is such um, intense sadness behind the character um, in every scene and like a real a, a love sadness that is just so, um, you know, anybody who I think has seen, uh, especially a parent, like um, watching their parent pass away can identify with what she is going through in the film. It's It's like, it's just, it feels really, you know, there's a real, there's a realistic heart to it, but on top of that, you have this, interesting lens that the film is put there where you don't quite know her motivations until the end of the film and it makes it such a complicated performance that it's like it's very impressive and I mean I think her win for the favorite in 2018 is one of my favorite Oscar wins from my lifetime she's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite performances of the 2010s she's so good and like this is in many ways, just as interesting a performance as that. Like it's it's a really it's really strong work. I think. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, she's a great actress. I mean, um, you know, I I think that 
her winning that in for the favorite was such a thrill. You know, we were all rooting for Glenn on some level, but that her she, Coleman was my pick for that year. I do, I really do think about um, the the Glenn Close's clenched jaw as they read Olivia Coleman's name, and she's in that incredible dress. She's dressed like a winner. I think about it all the time. It's just like the worst thing I've ever had to watch. <laughs> it's so brutal. Um, but it was like Olivia Coleman gave such a good speech, and it was, and she, and it's nice to see that like you know usually there's. So often when you win a, an Oscar, there's that slump. But Olivia Colman hasn't really had that. And that's such a thrill. Like, it just feels like her quality of work has still stayed the same. There hasn't been some, you know, nightmare film. It was like Catwoman or something after after that win. So it's just, it's great to see her in this. And she's so good. You're right. It's it's probably just as good as that that role, that the, the favorite. But far more understated um, what she's asked to do. Um, and it's just great. You know, she's really conveying this devastation throughout the film in, in a really like um, compelling and, you know, brutal way. And yeah, and she gets to work next with our beloved Dakota Johnson in um, Maggie Sidenhall's upcoming film. Um, I mm-hmm. think based on an Elena Ferrante novel. So, you know, we get the, the Olivia train seems like it's not going to stop anytime soon, which I love. Um, it's like Dakota, like you don't have to work so hard. I love you already. You don't have to keep doing this. Yeah, like it's, she, she's, you know, she has a St. Vincent film coming out this year. She's got that. It's like Dakota's delivering. She really, she's keeping us interested. Um, okay, let's move on to, uh, let's talk about uh, Yang Yun Jung from uh, Minare, who uh, we're recording the day after the SAG Awards. And um, she has just won Best Supporting Actress in, uh, you know, she, she certainly seems very surprised at the win, and um, it like is a really f- exciting narrative, I think, to see her becoming this unexpected underdog winner. And I, um, I, I can't be more excited for this. I think she's phenomenal in the film. I forgot where I heard this. I believe it was on the Blank Check podcast, but um, a lot of my podcasts have been blurring together in quarantine. Um, the she takes a part that is so um, that could have been so cliched on paper of like the wacky grandma. I mean, we've seen that archetype so many times in both Oscar films and not Oscar Glenn films. Close is literally and, doing it. He'll be the elegy. That's true. That's true. God. Um, and what she does is just so interesting because it, it just like, it constantly avoids like anything, any cliches that we've like become overly familiar with and any of the cliches she's handed, she turns into something so fresh. Like it is like, I, I've said this before, Minari is an incredible film, I think, because every single element of it is perfectly working together. And what I think with her performance is so interesting is that, um, you know, like she is probably given the part that could have been easiest to, to make, like, expected or average. And she just brings such life to it, and it's so beautiful. And um, I don't know, I, I love her work, and I'm really, really thrilled to see her becoming this front runner um yeah i i it's just it's extremely exciting i i couldn't be more thrilled like i, I love a supporting actresses of course as a gay man my favorite <laughs> category every single year and this is, is like just an incredibly exciting narrative for her like like we it, it's like we, we could in in a more chaotic timeline glenn close to be winning everything and instead we get to not only have that not happen but like a really deserved winner take the award it's 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 lovely i'm so thrilled what are your thoughts 
What a shock to not be living in the most chaotic timeline. You know, they had us on the ropes for a couple of years there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that that's it's such a wonderful win. I was so surprised when I saw the that she had won, and then watching um, her like genuine joy um, and just emotion at, at, in her speech when when they announced her as a winner was so just so nice. <laughs> it's just like, it's just really nice. Uh, like Olivia Coleman could not have been more excited for anyone, uh, you know, like it was, it was so sweet. It was so <laughs> cute. Oh my God. It, what a delight. Um, I watched it like three times. I was like, God, this is beautiful. Um, and it is a great role. Like I watched it, um, when it was available, you know, online, as soon as it was available. And I, two of my other friends who are Asian watched it, uh, roughly at the same time. They're like, you know, an hour behind me or whatever. Um, and we talked about it afterwards and they were like, and we were, we were all like, Jesus, does that not look like our grandmothers? Like, you know, our, our immigrant Asian grandmothers, like who came here and just were bugged the shit out of us. But also, you know, there's a deep love there kind of thing. Um, it's just like, it's such a real performance in a, in a film full of really grounded, real feeling performances that like feel specific, but also carry the weight of history. (laughs) Like feel like, universal to everyone's experience um uh it's it's such a good role i'm i'm so happy she won that sag and i'm i will be so happy if she wins it like we've talked a lot about um you know how much we were rooting for maria bakalova and i i don't think it's going to happen at this point but i i couldn't be more thrilled for anyone than yo jung yun I, I really think it's just so fucking cool that <laughs> she's probably gonna win an oscar like i don't i don't i hope they don't make her travel or whatever like just let the if they if she wins and they don't let her do like a video thank you i'm gonna be fucking pissed i really will be yeah i i am very confused this might change by the time this episode goes up because it yeah. it, it seems to be constantly changing but there was such intense bullying towards the academy when yeah. they announced that you know there would be no zoom performances and zoom um uh, nominees and people were like that's a weird rule right now <laughs> and um, she, um of course she was the first person i thought of with um, yeah. this because it's like it's like she is at this point the front runner but even yeah. before then it was like it seemed like she had a pretty good shot and mm-hmm. um minari as a whole there was just such you know like shit, like there was such a likelihood of at least win one award, and um, it was like, why not allow her to be a part of this? Like the the possible celebration of it winning best picture or something like that, or you know, yeah. if any of like it was just why are we excluding her? And then they announced like, oh, there's going to be various um, French, I believe, and UK satellite locations, and it's like, okay, but like, can someone confirm she's going to attend? Because I want to make sure. If she wins, I get to see a lovely speech. Like, and you know, not that I, not that I want more Zoom award shows, yeah. but you know, like, like it's okay if she has to zoom in. Like, Stephen, it's time. Like, yeah, show the it fuck happen. out. Yeah, Mister, I'm gonna create like a, a move, a thing you can only watch on a phone, basically that has different endings. Like, let this woman. <sighs> Sorry, there's more. Um, <laughs> I, I live in quite a. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's, like, that's fine. <laughs> it would be such bullshit if, especially given the social climate and like everything about, um, you know, anti-Asian hate at this moment to like literally silence this, what would be a historic Asian w- woman winning this, this, this award, like to silence that in this year would be so 
fucking nightmarishly bad. I can't imagine that they're still considering this. I mean, really, can you imagine like to just be like accepting on behalf of <laughs> Jung is, is like a white person. <laughs> it's like, absolutely not. They cannot allow that to happen. And they, they're, they're going to have to change things now. I mean, Possibly they didn't expect that to happen um, before this, but yeah, there's no fucking way. It would be so goddamn embarrassing. It would be like think piece after think piece for weeks afterwards. Exactly, and just she, it's she's so wonderful. I, I mm-hmm. want her to win. And I mean, like like we both said, the moment at the SAGs where she won was just so lovely. She, I want her to w- take that award home. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about the person who I thought a few months ago after watching the film had it in the bag and she doesn't seem to, but you know, like it's still a good work in a movie we don't like uh, Amanda Seyfried from uh, Mank. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's weird that like, I don't know. There was, there was such heat on this performance at the beginning and then it just like mostly dissipated to only just result in this, this um, nomination. Um, I still think it's a great performance. Like, uh, the, the, the category is filled with great performances, so you can't even say it's like the best of the group. They're all so good, except for Glenn. Sorry, but <laughs> she carries that film and elevates that shitty film in a way that it doesn't deserve. And uh, she absolutely deserves a nomination. And it, maybe in another year she'd get it. But I think, you know, Meta Seafried. I, I think it. The good thing about this movie and this nomination is that what it's really going to do is redirect the, her career. Um, in a way that I think was probably needed because she's been, she's done good work and like been in, you know, a beloved Mamma Mia, here we go again, but it does feel like she hasn't been taken seriously uh, ever possibly. And I think she's going to get meteor roles from this point on. I, I really hope so because it is just, you know, she's an interesting actress in general, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, like, obviously, many mean girls. And, I mean, that was probably, like, chronologically my first exposure to her as well. But I still always think of her work in Veronica Mars, of all things, where she just, like, is oh, yeah. playing Kristen, Be- Kristen Bell's dead best friend who sort of motivates the whole story and appears as, like, a ghost throughout the whole thing. Like, a, a figurative ghost, not, like, a genuine ghost. And, um, <laughs> yeah. like, it's... Um, it, it, it was a great work, and I, I just... I have been thrilled to see her career, but it, it was always just a shame that I felt she really connected and did great stuff in films that no one saw. And then in the films that got more attention was always sort of a weak link. So it's nice mm-hmm. to see, like, you know, fi- finally she gets to really do an incredible performance in a film that does make a impression on film. Goers, even if I don't love the film at all. But it's funny, every time she was on screen, I, is this movie good? And I'm like, <laughs> it, like it truly is like, like just such lively fun work and um i don't know like i th- i think she's genuinely wonderful in it and it was the sort of thing where after i finished mank i was like god i don't like that movie and as a big david fincher fan i don't want him in, in a similar way to how i feel about glenn like i don't want david fincher to win for this movie but um like i'd be fine with her winning and i don't know what's going to happen anymore obviously but like I still stand by it's really incredible work from her in the movie. She is like, she is the reason to watch that film. Yeah. The only, the truly the only reason um, at, at all. And even then, 
If you could just watch like a YouTube compila- compilation of her scenes, that would probably be best. Um, there goes our there goes our Netflix sponsorship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Netflix, turn turn this off if you're listening. But um, <laughs> but lastly, we'll talk about um, a nomination that I think is very exciting, even though I don't love this film either at all. Um, Maria Bakalova for uh, Borat's subsequent movie film. Obviously, she's playing uh, Borat's daughter. Um, I've mentioned before on this podcast that I have lied to my parents for many, many times, and I've said that I, I enjoy Borat's <laughs> secret movie film because I don't want to talk, talk to them about how I actually think it's terrible and it has thrown me into <laughs> deep anxiety spirals while watching. But, um, you know, the one thing we did agree on is that she's incredible in this movie. <laughs> and, um, like, honestly, it is the sort of thing where I think, like, my whole issue with Borat, and I, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast specifically, but, like, obviously this is this film is him, for the most part, talking to real people and getting them to say these horrible things, uh, whether they be racist, misogynistic, homophobic, or a combination of everything. Um, he's getting these people to say horrible things on screen. And it is, like, my whole issue with the Borat shtick in both the original film and this is I just kind of wonder, it's like, like, okay, like, what does capturing this and not challenging it actually do? Because, like, the people who are saying these horrible things will still go on thinking that and will not, like, you know, like, and then this movie will come out and only just be seen by people who already know those, those views are horrible and be like, okay, like, no one's being challenged or being truly even called out. It's just, it's this bizarre thing that I find no entertainment in. But Maria Bakalova, her whole arc in this film, and I mean, the Rudy Giuliani scene in and of itself, which was obviously leaked online before the film even came out, is like very interesting and complicated. And probably the first time where I even remotely thought, oh, like this movie might actually be important on some level in, in like America and like I guess we can debate whether or not like it was important in the long run who's really to say but like regardless I just think she's been given such an interesting arc in this film not, not in terms of the whole stupid Borat and his daughter grow to love each other thing I mean just like it is an incredible set of scenes she is asked to play and on top of that she is very very funny I, um, I think I did mention the only scene in the film to make me laugh is the scene where she is giving the speech um, at the women's, um, I forgot what the group is. So I think it was like a Republican women convention or something like that. Um, she gives a speech and it is very, very funny and it made me laugh. And like, she's just so, you know, <laughs> deeply in character the whole time. And I, I, I really, you know, like it is both technically really great comedic acting and also just the only thing in the entire movie that I found remotely interesting and um, worth worth discussing beyond the movie. So I, I, I'm very happy with Domination. I think she's very, very interesting, and I can't wait to see what she does next, and I, I'm happy this happens. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think the movie, I mean, I've expressed something like that before, of like, the movie is like punching down a lot in a way that um, is largely just uh, it, it'll do nothing. It'll reaffirm things for people who already feel smug um, and reaffirm for 
those who might have learned from anything from it um, <clears throat> that like it's just like condescending Hollywood liberal elite bullshit, you know? Um, so I just I don't know. I think the 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 film in spirit is does nothing and says nothing, and I can't believe it's like you know it's such a <laughs> the boomer mentality of like wow isn't this funny and and challenging? It's like no, it's like it's tried it's it's overdone and boring like it just it's a slog to sit through the only moments when the film comes alive are when bakalova is on screen um mm-hmm. and she does really good work because she's doing the work that uh baron cohen can really no longer do um because she can get access to celebrities or like big people like uh, who who have teams like like giuliani in a way that he simply can't because people know him you know um, even if Giuliani didn't, like someone on his team would be like, that's Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> you can't have an interview with this person. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think, I really do think the it's probably some of the most incredible acting realistically of the year because, and I'm sure a lot of it is kind of taking place off screen because realistically, she has to get in that interview room with, with, with Giuliani and like what she does there is incredible realistically, like incredible improv work. Um, cause I don't know what they planned for that scene, but where it goes for her to be like, yeah, I'm just going to go with this is really impressive. And also like, you know, the most, the most, um, I don't know, the, the most like, uh, incredible, like, like, I guess vulnerable anybody has to be in any, in any role of this year. Um, but she also had to get to that point. Like you see her doing, running an interview for some other, news network you know and she had to go like in theory like yeah they could set up a lot of this stuff but she did have to convince people enough off screen somehow to believe that she could be a believable journalist and that i can't imagine that like i want to i want to hear about all that like that's just incredible work to me and and you know maybe that's all maybe that shouldn't factor in but it's something i can't stop thinking about is all the work she would have had to do to convincingly get into these rooms and and create allow the film to create the, its best moments, basically. So I don't know. I just think about it a lot. Um, it's a shame she's not going to win, but I'm excited yeah, to this it, career. Yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed. Her next film is like some giant town movie about the pandemic. I'm like, no, don't do that. But I'm oh. I'm otherwise thrilled to see what she does next. She's she's very interesting as an actress um all right uh i guess we sort of talked about who we think will win um is your prediction young young you jung from minara yeah sure why not i mean it's so open again but i do think <laughs> that the sag you know it's the biggest um it's the biggest group voting body within the voting body uh is the actress branch um her her speech was so likable and such a joy to see that I'm sure it'll push her over the edge for a lot of people. Um, but I'd be happy with anybody but Glenn. Yeah, that's a fair call, I think. Um, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting lineup. Um, in terms of people who we think could have been nominated, um, I will say in my little bracket, uh, I'm four for five. Uh, Glenn, Glenn is the only person who is not in my five, but I am having a little trouble thinking of who I want to give the fifth spot to. I'm sort of between, um, you know, 
I think Mia Goth does incredible work in mm. Emma, which I've talked quite a bit about. I think she's so funny in the film. And I mean, like, ever since... I, I think Nymphomaniac was the first thing I saw her in. And I remember thinking, like, okay, like, she's an interesting actor, but I don't quite, like... I, I never really connected with her as an actress who I thought was, like, particularly great. And then seeing her in this, I'm like, I had no idea she had this in her, and she's so funny. Um, I also really liked um, Sonia Braga's work in My Beloved Baccarat, um, which I think she's so, um, so good in. Uh, people, please watch that Baccarat. It's incredible. And then um, um, lastly, I do want to give a very, very quick... <laughs> Um, shout out to a a movie that is not remotely good or memorable particularly, but um, Mar- Miranda Otto is very funny in the movie Downhill, <laughs> and I think like the the one remotely interesting thing bad film, and I um I, I you know in another world I I would like to believe that film was just slightly better. We could have been talking about a Miranda Otto Oscar nomination, but. You know, no, this is fine for now. Still, very, very strong year. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I there's not a ton I would have said. This is such a good year. You know, I want to get Glenn out of there just to stain on her um, existence. Um, but the people there's, it's hard to think of exactly who I would want to replace her with. I think the closest would be um, there's Aja Naomi King from Sylvie's Love, a film I've mentioned in almost every episode at this point. Um, she plays Tessa Thompson's character's like best friend, and you she has not a ton of scenes, but she is you can f- the two of them create this sense that like these girls have known each other for years, and they have so much history. And her character is this fascinating like um, encapsulation of everything that's going on socially that the film doesn't really like talk about because it's set in the 60s and and a little bit in the 50s I guess, but. Um, and it like it, it completely avoids like it sort of avoids civil rights and like the trauma of of black America at that point in the, in, in the country's history just because it's focusing on other things in a way that I I always thought was felt like a little almost like revolutionary in a way. But um, she's she checks in every once in a while and you can you can sense this entire history that this character that we don't see on screen and this like warmth that she brings to the film. And it, it was just a, a role that really struck me and maybe isn't like as technically difficult as some of these other uh, performances, but like sometimes you just like need a really good, uh, like open-hearted performance like that. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, the other one would possibly be Olivia Williams for um, The Father because she has to do some tough stuff in that film. Um, you know, the first time she shows up on screen, it's like you're disoriented and, and Hawkins is disoriented. And, and she has, is, has to play this, like, walk this line that you don't know what's going on and neither does her character quite. So it's, it's just really good work. And then she's great in the last scene, too. So there's just really strong work from her. Um, but, yeah, you know, as always, actresses, actresses have a good year. Yeah, I I also want to very, very quickly mention, not someone who I think, again, ever particularly got close to my my five or anywhere, anywhere near the Oscar five, but um, um, Meredith Hagner in um, My Beloved Palm Springs, 
has maybe two of my like the scenes that have made me laugh harder than anything I've watched in years. Both um, the opening scene where she is looking for jewelry as um, as Andy Samberg masturbates and it is one of the funniest like just incredible comedic deadpan delivery and then her reaction when something explodes near her in the film it's just like, two moments i think about and we'll just laugh out loud if i'm just th- thinking of them quietly in the room by myself so i um anybody who watches um search party knows how great she is but that is just you know incredible five minute comedic work there should be i i'm a strong believer best supporting actress and then best like actress who has two minutes in the film that that is just as memorable i i, I want that to be a category personally um all right let's move on to the best leading actress category um another another really incredible lineup i think um the the nominees are viola davis and ma rainey's black bottom andrew day for the united states versus billy holiday vanessa kirby for pieces of a woman Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for A Promising Young Woman. Uh, I thought this category had a clear frontrunner for a while, and the SADs really threw all of that into, um, into like, a tornado, basically. So I think we're at another category where there's no clear frontrunner. But I let's start with the actress who I thought was going to win it all, but that seems to not be the case, Carrie Mulligan for A Promising Young Woman. Um, Marissa, what are, what are your thoughts? I think Carrie's great in the film, but I, I am quite pleased that this film may just end up with nothing because I think it's a piece of shit. So, um, yeah, she's good in it. Carrie Mulligan should win an Oscar at some point. I'm glad this won't be it. Yeah, it's interesting because I um, was not a big fan of the film either, but I think she's incredible in it. And I remember thinking when it seemed like she was a shoe in to win, I was like, oh, like, you know, I'll be happy she has an Oscar. And I've sort of reframed the next few days and uh, the last few days and um now i'm in a way more excited because i don't think she will win which is good because i think this will open the door to her career in a way that i i'm extremely excited to see because um you know she's always been great she has an incredible career of really strong work it but it always seemed like she never quite made it into like the a-list actress pantheon and now we have this film which has surprisingly connected with the public in a way that i didn't think many people expected and um i i hope she finally gets you know the many options she should have been given all along because i think she's so good and you know um my least favorite of the five performances i think but still very very good work that shows how strong she is so hopefully we'll have more exciting things from her in the future yeah, it's definitely um, going to redirect uh, what she's going to get from now on because it is different from anything she's ever done before. There is a through line to her career of, of sort of um, feminist empowerment, but this film is not actually empowering as it thinks it is. So, uh, but it, it like she gets to play a villain, sort of in a way, um, or like a tough character, um, possibly villainous in a way that she never has. And I think it'll be interesting to see like because before this she's mostly played like unreserved likable heroes you know so it'll be good to get her, see her do more fun stuff yeah it's you know if you look at her filmography it's just every, every year it seems like she just delivered something yeah. really interesting and she get like her roles like you said there's a real clear throw through line but like it all feels so different and, hmm. 
and I, I can't wait to see what she does next. Um, she's so interesting. Uh, um, let's talk about Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. A, um, uh, I, the, it was the film's only nomination. She plays, for those who haven't watched the film, it's on Netflix. Um, she plays a woman who suffers a, um, a, a miscarriage during, or a, 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 not a miscarriage, a, um, uh, her child dies during childbirth. And um, the film sort of follows her emotional recovery in the months after the um, horrible incident that opens the film, um, and as well as a court case with the doctor um, to play with Molly Parker. And it's a heavy film, um, you know, I mean, as one might expect from that plot synopsis, but um, I think she is doing really interesting work. I was not really familiar with her before watching. I only knew her from, from um, uh, Mission, Mission Possible Fallout, where she has a very small part. And um, I only knew of her reputation from The Crown. And this is such a welcome, um, you know, view into what she's capable of as an actress. And I think it's like, it's an incredibly challenging part. She's based, I think she's in every scene, if not, you know, 90% of them. And it's, you know, a very demanding part that she really rises to the occasion of. And I think I'm not a huge fan of the film as a whole, but I think like she really elevates it into this level of like, it deserves to be seen. And while it is troubling, I don't think it's necessarily, um, uh, uh, exploitative in the, the the content and the, the upsetting content that, that's seen on screen. So, like, yeah. I think, you know, it's the sort of thing deserves to be seen. She's really good, great in it. And in this year, when Best Actress is fairly competitive, I was ha- happy to see them nominate her, especially since they sort of forgot about the film as a whole because she's great in it. And I, I'm excited to see what we talked a lot in the actor episode about opening doors for actors. And I think this will open the door for her in an interesting way because it brings her up from the crown where she's already finished her tenure because of the way that show works into um, like, you know, a really exciting film career. What are, what are your. Yeah. I mean, actually I think it's quite interesting to uh, talk about the performance in comparison to, to Mulligan's performance in P- promising young woman, because honestly it, it feels like they've suddenly both been like gotten the roles they really needed but Kirby was more accelerated you know like all of a sudden they're yeah. both really really interest um and I also think it's interesting as like two sides of a, of a exploration of difficult women coin and one is really I honestly was surprised by the dismissal of pieces of woman by a lot of people after seeing it I was like oh we just don't like <laughs> like it honestly so much of the criticism toward it felt like oh right like misogyny has taught us not to deal with women who are not entirely likable um and in and she doesn't get the sort of like you know um girl boss um narrative that uh mulligan's character gets in promising young woman to at least like be like okay girl work um she's just like grieving and hateful to a lot of people but all of her performance rings really true um and it's it's really solid. She has to carry so much during that film um, from that opening scene. That's like, you know, the first 20 minutes is this long birthing scene, essentially, that starts from a place of like, you know, anxious joy, then goes to full terror and then becomes, you know, devastation. And then she has to sort of play out the way that devastation works throughout the rest of the film. I do think the ending is a little trite um, and she plays it well, but I just think it's a little poorly written. 
um, it puts too nice of a, a comforting bow on what was otherwise a film that didn't uh, avoided that. But yeah, I think it's an interesting, I don't know. I, I, it's interesting. I really, I hadn't thought about the comparison of those two films and those two performances before in a way that like, you know, if I had to, I think Kirby's honestly doing more complex work and like, you know, I've seen a lot of um, people say like, okay, Promising Woman is bad, but Carrie Mulligan is worth seeing for it. And I, I disagree. I, I like, I used to think that was true, but I think the more time goes on, the more I think that film is not wa worth watching because what that movie does is be betray women, honestly. Like female viewers should feel betrayed watching that film because it sets up um, an idea and uh, ultimately hurts no one but but women. And in fact, like gives men <laughs> gives gives the men it's supposed to be um, criticizing ultimately the the attention they don't deserve. Whereas Promising Young or um, uh, Pieces of a Woman does the opposite, I would say. It never stops dealing with the trickiness of women and uh, digging into their private grief and and like the ways that women that they aren't accepted for being anything but like um, likable um, or you know um, grieving in the right way, let's say. Um, like that film, I would say is worth watching simply because of her performance. And I wouldn't say that about promising no woman. So, you know, in, I'm, I, I, my, my attitudes toward both have changed over time, but I think, you know, Kirby's is a lot stronger than I initially thought. It's only, it's only improved with time for me. Whereas, whereas Mulligan's has, um, sort of faded into, um, I don't know, dislike, if you will. That's really interesting. It, it, it is, they are, you know, not, not in terms of execution or tone, but like thematically, both in the Oscar race and as films, really interesting, like two sides of the same coin. And I like, mm -hmm. I, I find that fascinating. And it feels like, you know, Kirby, the also ran in this category. I don't quite see the narrative for her to win, but like, it is a very yeah. good, good performance. And I'm, I'm, you know, Happy it's of the five. Um, let's jump over to Frances McDormand's uh, Nomadlands. You know, um, many people had her penciled in from the beginning of this season when Nomadland was announced that she'd be getting nominated. And I think, you know, um, that that makes sense given <laughs> given what the film, um, you know, how the film was received. What, what are your thoughts on um, Frances? Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's a good performance. I think it is the softest of the five for me. Like, I don't feel as strongly um, that it deserves to be here as much, but there's not like a ton I would replace it with. I well, I mean, we'll talk about that, but um, I get it. You know, she's an Oscar favorite. The industry loves her. They are punishing her by making her show up to these award shows <laughs> on some <laughs> level. You know, every year she's probably like, God damn it. Uh, it's a really good performance, but uh, it's, um, it's really understated. Um, in a way that I, I, I think works for the film, but, um, you know, I just think it's the least showy of the, of the group. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the most reserved and quiet, but it might be one of my favorites of the five, if not my very favorite, because, um, mainly because, you know, you know, my first exposure to Frances McDormand was, um, almost famous and in a weird, which is, you know, she's brilliant. And, um, like, that 
her, um, you know, vibe in that film just is, is how I, what I associate with her across her entire filmography, which is great. She's, she's an incredible, incredible performer. And then, you know, she won her second Oscar for Three Billboards over Ebbing, Missouri, where she, you know, is playing a version of that vibe just in a Martin McDonough film, or I think that's his name, Martin McDonough. Um, and, um, you know, like, I just thought we knew who she was as an actor because, you know, she's been at this game for so long, and she obviously has strayed from that, that vibe. Like, you know, Fargo's very different from her almost famous vibe, and even Mississippi Burning, her first nomination. But, but um, her work here, just, it's a totally new direction for her in her filmography, I I think it's so fully stripped of that. We saw from her, it's so down to earth. And, um, you know, the film has a real, and this is what I think has been getting praised so much for the, throughout the entire season, like a real doc feel to it. It worked like, you know, there are so many non-professional actors in it. Uh, I believe actually most of the cast is not professional, except for um, Francis and David um, who played who has like a few scenes in the film. And um, it's just, you know, it like, I'm so fully impressed by how much she's immersed into this movie. And I, you know, I just think like there was a lot of deserved, like well-deserved backlash against three billboards. And I like, um, after she won. And I think many people were sort of disappointed that like, Oh, like I don't want her second Oscar win and possibly her last to be um, for that film. And this reminded me, I'm like, Oh, I think she has like, another Oscar win in her because I just don't think we're done seeing what her career evolution will be like. And I'm extremely excited to see her play Lady Macbeth, Lady Macbeth later this year. So, you know, it's in um, the Coen Brothers film for a version of the play. So I just think, you know, she, she's such an interesting actress and I can't wait to see what she does next. Um, do you have any other thoughts or should we move on to Miss Viola Davis? No, let's move on. Um, um, yes, Viola Davis for uh, My Rating's Black Bottom, uh, another August Wilson adaptation. She obviously won for um, for Fences in 2016. Uh, I love this performance. I think it might be my favorite of the category of the category, and maybe of the entire year in the actress field. Um, mainly because similar to how I feel with Francis, it's just like I love when actresses surprise us with like the directions they take basically and like not that this is a total stretch for Viola Davis like this has shades of her other work I suppose like like both you know good and bad like there's like little bits of what she's done in how to get away with murder in this performance and everything it just but like it is just such an exciting uh role for her to take like a leading role um that just you know is just Fascinating to stand so tall next to all these other actors. Obviously, Chadwick Boseman is like the force in that film, but she has so many great moments. She plays so well off of all the actors, uh, even actors who have very small, like Taylor Page, who has uh, like maybe a three or four scenes in the film as um, Viola, as uh, Marini's lover in the film, and then you know. Um, like, just every scene, I just found her so fascinating to watch. And it's an incredibly theatrical performance in the way that I think Viola Davis is, like, uniquely suited to give of, mm. of you know, like, she just inc she's incredible, incredible to watch. I, I love seeing her 
just monologue, basically. It's why I watched How to Get a Bit Murder for five years, even though it stopped being good after two. And, um, uh, you know, like, I, I just think she's so exciting, and I hope to one day see her on stage, but this is, like, a very close, you know, second-place prize if I don't ever get to see her on stage. So I, I love I love this performance. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, um, of the group, it's... I, I, I can't even say of the group. It's, like, it's a great performance. Um, I, I what, Her win was really unexpected to me for the SAGs because it just didn't seem like the heat was behind her, but... I'm not mad if she's going to win an Oscar. Like Viola Davis seems like someone who should have multiple Oscars. You know, she should be on the level of, of Meryl Streep, right? Um, uh, if she wins it, I won't be mad. She's not technically my, my, my choice, but um, it's a great performance. Another person who's never given a bad performance, like, and you're, you're right. There is a, there is a, like, like a structured theatricality, the way she performs that makes her so um, powerful on screen. And she, this almost feels, I mean, it's here in this one, but it almost feels like a, a slight uh, reworking of that power because usually she's this character who's like in charge and very forceful. And that's true in this, but the Ma Rainey is also sort of at a disadvantage and like subtly manipulating things in a way that's less direct than say like, how to get away with murder. Um, and she does it beautifully. I, it's just a really good performance. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be mad if Viola Davis wins. It's so interesting that she won the SAG last night, like the night before we were recording, probably Huge. two weeks later. It, I, I didn't expect it. She had a phenomenal speech like she always does. And, oh, yeah. um, uh, you know, I don't, she's not who I think will win, but I, I mm. would not hate it, like you said. Um, let's move on to the, the last nominee, who I, I'm currently predicting will win because she was not nominated for the SAG, and um, I think she might just be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Andre Day for um, Andre Day for the United States of Billy United States versus Billy Holiday. Uh, Marissa, what are your thoughts on um, the her performance and the film itself? Because this is the only chance to really talk about it. Yeah, uh, performance of the year for me. I th- I was so fucking blown away by that performance. I do think the like you know, again another film that I think um, the the reports of its badness are greatly overstated. Um, it's really interesting to watch, even if it doesn't work. And I'd rather have something interesting that doesn't work rather than something um, like Mank. <laughs> whatever the fuck that is I wouldn't even know how to qualify it um I mean I guess I'll have to in the best picture one but um yeah Andre Day is just so good in that movie and I had not really seen any of her acting work she hasn't done a ton of acting work uh, realistically um she was in Marshall which is like one of the only Chadwick Boseman films I haven't seen actually (laughs) um but yeah like I could not believe that performance she is so uh good in every minute she's probably in every scene as well or just about um and is is so the camera is just so drawn to her and lee daniels is 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 not like uh the best director i've you know he's not my favorite director but he really can pull something out of actors and particularly actresses and andre day just gives an incredible performance that i hope gets her tons of work because it's the kind of performance that I didn't even know was like capable of, she was capable of. And like, even if you'd seen it from a, like a, an actress you'd seen a lot of, it would be shocking. It's just so good. She, the vocal performance is good. 
the the way she moves, the way she like uses her body on screen is so interesting. Um, and every like you you would think that there's so many musical numbers in that film, um, and yet they all feel different and and interesting because she's bringing her like knowledge of of how to perform live and her like bone deep channeling of this character uh, into the onto the screen. It's just so interesting. I I, I like. Yeah, the film is maybe a little messy, but there are moments in that that I, I I stand out more than entire films from this year. That scene where she, um, they come upon a family who's just been attacked by, um, a black family who's just been attacked by um, the KKK, and she is like, it's that one long take where she's like sort of, I don't know, stumbling through a house, and there's like, she's upset and there's no dialogue and she's just uh, tumbling around basically. And then there's like drugs at one point and all of this stuff. And she's doing all these emotions was like one of the most interesting scenes of the year. I don't know. It's like, it made no spatial or narrative sense, but I was captivated and she it's not a lot of actresses can just be on screen, not saying anything, just being emotional. And she pulled it off like a seasoned actress who's been in like hundreds of things. I was so blown away by the performance. I really, really hope she wins. Her her um, speech at the Golden Globes was so nice, and I would just I just think it's the performance of the year for for this group. Yeah, I um I watched the film just a few days ago before we're recording, and um, prior to you know her sudden hype that she got in around this film. I was ready to just like dismiss it because I, I'm not a hugely Daniels fan. Uh, and I was really expecting something given how negative the reviews were along the lines of like the Butler from 2013, which was just, mm. you know, an incredibly not offensively bad, but like an incredibly by the numbers Oscar film. And what I found so interesting about this movie is that like it actually is like one of the more strange captivating films that I had seen from this Oscar season and like like you said with like Mank and Trash Chicago 7 those films might be more technically scene to scene better um more uniformly constructed I guess you could say but like I don't know like (laughs) at the end of the day when I'm thinking of what I want to watch with movies I'd rather be captivated by something that might not fully land than like bored by something that is fine. And yeah. I was fully captivated for the entirety of the film and the two hours went by so fast. Um, and yet a big part of that beyond just very interesting choices that the Daniels made that again, don't always work, but were just interesting um, is uh, Angela's performance. Stunning, stunning work. Every single scene is so good. And it somehow manages to be a very big performance. I mean, literally, she's asking to do so much in the film, both because Billie Holiday had a fascinating life, and then also just she has to sing, she has to be high, she has to, you know, um, like, give speeches. It's just, it's a very demanding part. And she somehow manages to make it work without ever feeling like she's trying to get an Oscar clip. Like, it's just, like, it's Mm -hmm. just stunning. And, yeah, she, she hasn't acted much, like you said, I wasn't even really familiar with her music, which is entirely, you know, a blind spot of mine. I, I know her uh, Rise Up song, probably. It was even though I didn't even necessarily make the connection that that was her <laughs> before watching the <laughs> film. And, um, and like, 
yeah, I just I'm so impressed by this. Like, I think I think she's really incredible. And, um, you know, like, sure, the film is not great or anything like that, but like, I'm fine with her winning. I think like it, it, it's she's she's stunning and people, you know, have won for worst performances in worst films. So it's like I'm I'm very much fine with this. It's, you know, very a very interesting person and win to kind of come out of here as like the sudden front runner and makes for a very exciting best actress race, I think. Because again, like we basically like most of these performances there are so many different outcomes where I'd be fine because even, you know, wor- the worst case scenario is Carrie Mulligan wins an Oscar and like that's not something I would begrudge even if I don't love the film. So it's like, I don't know, this is such an interesting race and um, do you think she's going to win enter today? I hope so. I mean, uh, you know, Viola is a force to be reckoned with so I'm, I'm a little, uh, I, I'm, I'm, but you know, it's, it's not like it was an even, if, if Andre Day had been in the category it might have been a whole thing but you know, just the heat of, of Viola coming off that win, I think, is is formidable. So we'll see. I, I really hope it's under day. I'm really rooting for it. It's going to be so interesting. Um, yeah, those are the five. Let's talk briefly about people who we, we kind of wish got nominated. Uh, who do, who would you have slotted in here? Um, I think you could... Uh, I think... Um, Hanya Reeve from um, Minari, who plays the mother in that film, would have been a really great choice because it's um, like, you know, my friends and I were talking about how familiar the grandmother felt, but the mother, holy shit, <laughs> like that was like, was like, whose whose mom did they kidnap? Like, did they? How do they collectively kidnap all of our mothers or some, you know, like grandmothers even to like create that performance? Because the the thwarted hope and like worry that she has to play in a really understated way is so incredible. And like, she's kind of the emotional through line of the, of, well, I guess the the grandmother is more, but um, you know, she sings on the soundtrack quite a bit, uh, which we talked about in the score episode. Um, And like this, so much of this, the film is about, is in some way about the, you know, the stand-in character for Lee Isaac Chung re-examining his childhood almost through his mother's eyes in a way, Um, like understanding maybe, or maybe coming to an understanding of all of this like flintiness that his mother and realizing where it was coming from in a way that he probably like obviously didn't as a kid. Um, I just think that performance was really great. And truly any performance in that film could have been nominated, you know, it's such a good movie. Mm. Um, she's so good this is a, yeah the film I didn't like um, that I they reviewed for the site but um, I think the Jesse Buckley and I'm thinking of ending things is really really good um, like talk about a tough performance she has to do so much in that movie um, and it's not as effortless as something like Andre Day like you mentioned but the film is about effort so you know um, and I would also say Miss Juneteenth, um, Anika Nani, or not, sorry, um, Nicole Bahari, um, but I'm sure you're going to talk about her, so I won't <laughs> say anything more. Uh, yeah, no, Nicole Bahari makes my five. Um, uh, I, I really love that movie, and I've, I've thought about it so much since I first saw it uh, mm. in a virtual theater experience um, back 
over the summer. And I just like it's such an interesting performance in that like it's so toned down and uh, you know realistic, but still has like a, a movie star quality to it that I just found so fascinating. And I think she's really really wonderful in it. Um, I also really love and would not and would nominate in my five. Um, uh, Elizabeth Moss for The Invisible Man, I think, is mm. an incredible movie star performance from someone who, I mean, you know, one of the most prolific TV actors of the 2000s, just because jumping from, you know, supporting work in the, in the West Wing to essentially being the co-lead in Mad Men, and then going from that into being in The Handmaid's Tale, which is a show that I don't watch, she's like the, the, the a universally praised aspect from it, and then giving, you know, my, my favorite performance of last year in Her Smell, and then jumping from that, like, into this performance that still is, like, you know, what we expect of her, of just this really intense, you know, demanding, stressful part, but, like, in a movie star lens that I found so fascinating, and I just didn't expect from her, and I, I loved it. And, um, and then the third nomination in my five that was not also nominated is... Um, and one of the most underrated performances I think of the year is um, Evan Rachel Wood in Kajillionaire, uh, which is a movie that I can that I definitely feel is something of an acquired taste because it is very quirky and has a strange sort of narrative structure of just like where that story goes. But um, you know, Evan Rachel Wood is someone who has has been given very few chances to. Um, really show how much range she has I think and I mean now she's stuck on Westworld which is a show that like in my opinion squandered all of its interesting creative potential like from over the course of one season and um I just was thrilled to see her in this giving um you know like a very strange fascinating performance she like her the choice that she makes with her voice in the film because she has like a very her character has this very distinct voice is so um, just wild and an interesting, fascinating choice. But like, like the performance also fully cuts through the quirks and has like a real genuine heart to it. It reminds me a lot of like, you know, and like great Wes Anderson work where, but, but like behind all the quirk, there is like a really, you know, just like palpable emotion. And that's entirely what Ed Wood is doing. It's like, it's a very, very strong, um, strong work. And then the, the last two in my five are Viola Davis and Francis McDormand, but I will just quickly um, shout out Sydney uh, Flanagan in Never Really, Sometimes, Always, Anya Taylor-Joy, Emma, Kristen Malati, Palm Springs, um, Julia Garner, The Assistants, Carrie Coon, The Nest, and um, Kelly Sullivan for uh, St. Francis. You know, this is an incredible year for actresses, like it always is, and um, just so many great great films and great roles so you know they're like i don't have with these five but there are so many different possible combinations of actresses that i would have been thrilled with yeah and um yeah on that note uh let's wrap this up i you know this one will probably be posting pretty close to our final episodes like picture and director and everything like that so we're probably pretty close to the oscars and uh look forward to whatever minisode comes next uh Thanks for listening.